Welcome to the Couch Worship Podcast. To friends and family all around the world, we invite you to come along with us as we grow in Christian community. We encourage you to listen in with your own small community and take part in your own post-discussion. The nature of these recordings are organic, transparent, and at times a little messy, as we find true community always is. Please tell us what God is doing in your community as well. We would love to hear. From our couch to yours, thanks for listening in, and blessings to you and your community. Can I pray? Yes, please. All right. Jesus, we thank you uh, for for every person that's here, Lord. We thank you um, for your love that's changed us and your love that's made us a family, your love that... uh, that moves aside all the um, all the hurt of this world. Your love that like washes over that um, and makes us whole. So, Lord, we just ask that you uh, that you speak to us. That our hearts are open to whatever word you've given to Carol. And um, Lord, we love you, and we just expect to hear from you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thanks for this iPhone, Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. Amen. Uh, I want to, I was looking at Genesis 15 the other day, which is uh, when God makes a covenant, when he makes a problem, a a problem, no, he makes a covenant, he makes a promise with Abram, and Abram uh, later becomes Abraham, but it's before his name's changed. So this is like, we know that he is in just the beginning stages of his relationship with God, because he's not Abraham yet, he's just Abram. So, uh, and he, he's had a little bit of, uh, you know, God has already called him and has told him he's going to make him into a great nation. He's told him he's going to bless him. He's told him to leave his own home and to go out he's, uh, to another land that he was going to show to him. And that is explained in Genesis 12. Um, and then 13 is about Abraham and Lot separating. And 14, chapter 14, is Abram is rescued. Uh, a- Abram rescues Lot. Uh, but we get to 15, and, um, and there's this conversation, and it just struck me kind of funny, <laughs> where uh, Abram's talking to God now. I know, like, when we first come to know the Lord and, like, we have an experience with God, we, like, I've heard lots of people say, I don't really know how to pray or I don't know how to talk to God. And I just, you know, I don't don't know how to be all fancy like everybody else is with their words. And Abraham, in the beginning of his relationship with God, in my opinion, it doesn't seem like he really gave that much thought. (laughs) That it was, which is good. Like, he just talked to him like he would talk to anybody right uh and so it says after this the word of the lord came to abram in a vision do not be afraid abram i am your shield your very great reward uh so that's what god said to him in a vision which first off that's awesome he's saying to him i'm your shield i'm going to protect you and he's also telling him i am your reward nothing else i'm your reward I'm what you're seeking after. I'm going to fulfill Mm -hmm. your heart's desires. I am your reward. When do we get awards or rewards? When when are we rewarded? Usually when we've done something right or uh, an achievement of some sort. Abram up to this point really hasn't done all that much. (laughs) But God's saying, I am your very great reward. 
And then in verse 2 is Abram's reply. Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me? Since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Okay, so I want you to go back to remember the vision that he has, like he's having like a vision from God, and God's going, Abram, I am your shield. I am your great reward. And, and Abram's response is, what are you going to give me? <laughs> he's like, what can you give me? What can you give me? And he's like, but Abram, I'm your shield. I'm your, I'm your reward. I'm what you should be asking for. And he's like, yeah, 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 sovereign Lord, but what can you give me? And then he tells him his problem. He says, I'm childless, and uh, if I don't have any children, my servant is going to end up inheriting my household and my land. And uh, the Lord responds to him and says, the man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. What? And he took him outside and said, look up at the heavens, count the stars, if indeed you can count them. And then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And I just think this is, like, so fantastic. Because can you, first off, can you imagine talking to God like that, right? Like, God's, first off, you had a vision from God. <laughs> that alone is pretty awesome, pretty crazy, pretty big, right? And then God says something fantastic to you. I'm your shield. I am your reward. And your response is, yeah, but what am I going to get? Because this is like, that's all good and fine, but this is my problem. I, I'm without. There is something that I need that is valuable here on earth that, it's, I, that I, he can't get past his need for it. I need a child. I need an heir. Or my servant is going to get everything. And um, instead of God saying, wow, why did I pick this guy? <laughs> Right? Like I could have been, maybe I should have picked somebody else like down the Damascus road or something. Because this guy is, you know, that's like, I don't know, maybe we'd think that that was obnoxious, right? I'm telling you, I'm your great reward. And you're going, yeah, but I'd like to see something on aisle three. Right? I need, I need something else. But instead, God, who is gracious and who is loving hears the desire, the deep desire of Abram's heart, and he says to him, you're going to get a son. And it's not going to be a son from a different person. It's going to be your son. I'm going to give you the desire of your heart. And not only that, but go outside and look up at the stars. And here I think God is getting a little bit sarcastic. Oh, and count them if you can, he says. If you can count them, count them. And he says, and so will your, your uh, descendants be. Your offspring will be. So not only is he listening to Abram's heart, because Abram told him the desire of his heart. He was up front with him. He didn't beat around the bush. He didn't make it sound better than it was. He just told him what he was really feeling. And he said it just probably like he would have said to anybody he was negotiating with. And uh, 
God heard him and God not only promised him to meet the desire of his heart, but he went above and beyond that. He said, not only are you going to have a son, but go count the stars. That's what your offspring are be, is going to be like. Now, um, God isn't Santa Claus that we can just go and make a list and, you know, say, these are the things that I want. You know, what are you going to give me? Um, I think we can talk to him like from the depths of our hearts like that. I think we can be very frank with him and, and tell him what our needs are. And uh, he's God. So he can say his answer can be whatever it is and it's still good because he knows what's best for us. I mean, we're not always the brightest people. We ask for and desire things that are actually going to harm us. Yeah. And we think they're going to be good for us, but we don't know. They're not. Like if you have a little kid and they want candy before bedtime or gum when they're going to sleep at night, you're like, no, you can't have the gum because you're going to fall asleep and it's going to fall out of your mouth while you're sleeping and it's going to get tangled up in your hair and then we're going to have to cut it off. Yeah. That would be so yeah. rough. Happened to you, right? We got some testimony. Uh, so the parent telling the child, you can't do that, that's, you know, and the kid's going, but I want it, but I want it, but I want it. And the good parent wants to make their child happy, but they also know what's good for the kid and what's not good for the kid. And so we have to trust God that even we can talk frankly with them and open and honest with them. But when uh, sometimes we don't get what we want, we need to trust that God is still good. Amen? Yeah. Here's the best part to me is verse 6. It says, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. In other words, God told him, you're going to have a son and your offspring is going to be as many as the stars. And Abraham had nothing more than that to go on except God saying it. And he was like, okay, I believe you. Like, Abram's like the, like one of our founding fathers. It's not like he had a whole entire history of, you know, of people who have gone before, who have told him, yeah, you can trust in God. Yes, you can rely on him like we have. You know, we have people who testify to that and tell us and teach us and train us. He didn't have that. He took God at his word, he believed him, and it was credited to him as righteousness. When I was growing up, I thought righteousness meant that you do everything right. <laughs> that you never make a mistake. If you're righteous, right, what is a self-righteous person like? They do it all on their own. They think that they're perfect in every way, right? They're self-righteous. They don't think that they make mistakes. So a righteous person, we naturally assume, because in English, the word right is at the beginning of it, that it's a person that doesn't make mistakes, that their heart and their mind and everything that they do is good before God. But God actually says righteousness is believing in him. He says, Abram believed and God credited to him as righteousness. So if you want to be righteous, believe in God. Take him at his word when he promises you. Like John was saying earlier that he read that God is love in 1 John chapter 4. Oh yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you did say that. But it is 1 John chapter 4. 
And he was saying that God is love. And if you believe him, if you believe that, you believe it's true, you believe he is, then that's, that's credited to you as righteousness. Like when we take God at his word, it, it's credited to us as righteousness when we believe God. And I kept thinking, wow, that seems really easy. Because the way I grew up, that they made it sound so much harder yeah, than that. Yeah, they made it sound not Right? Right? Like, not that easy. <laughs> but what if, and I say this more for people who are maybe still wondering, what if it is that easy? What if all you have to do is take God at his word, and he's like, hey, that's pretty righteous. <laughs> that's pretty righteous of you. That's righteous. Righteous. <laughs> Righteous. That's righteous. It's credited to you as righteous. Because really, uh, only God is perfect. Um, we're human. He knows we're human. He remembers that we're dust. We hope he does. I ask him to. Remember that I'm dust. Remember that I make mistakes and everything. But this I do have. I believe you. I believe in you. And I trust you. And I know that you're good. Whether you fulfill all the desires of my heart and more by telling me it's going to be as many as the stars, or if you say no because you love me and you know that it's, I'm going to wake up with a water gum in my hair. You know, uh, he's good. And if I take him at his word and believe that, that he is a good, good father, then it's credited to me as righteousness and to anyone else who does the same. Let's pray. I thank you, Lord, that, that you love us. I thank you that, uh, in my opinion, it's a lot more simple than we make it out to be. We complicate things so much, Lord. We complicate speaking to you. We complicate living for you. We make it all so difficult, Lord. Uh, hoping maybe, I guess, to prove ourselves or to prove ourselves to you or to others. Lord, I ask that you would remove that. Remove the walls. Remove the pretense. Remove uh, things that have been placed before us uh, by man. And make the path straight and clear so that we can just speak to you and be right with you. In those moments, Lord, when we have doubts, we pray that you would increase our faith, that you would help us to believe in you and what you say so that it might be credited to us as righteousness as it was to Abram. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I like to highlight verses, and I've read that verse 6 so many times, and I never highlighted it because I was like, well, I'm not righteous, you know, and I had that view, like, and the other day a friend had asked me, what does it mean to be righteous, and she was confused as well, so I, like, looked up all this stuff, and I asked Jeff, he's like, yeah, right standing with God, and, um, <laughs> but after yeah, hearing, true. After, yeah, but after hearing this, I'm like, so much. Did you know that the whole time? You knew it's that? so simple. Knew what? You knew that for a while about righteousness? 
Oh, what it means? Yeah. Well, you know what? You forget things, like, because you can read the Bible a lot and then always find new things. Yeah. And I've read that, and I've studied it with different Bible studies and things like that, and people have drawn attention to it before. But this last week, when I was reading it, it hit me in a new way. Like, mm -hmm. wow. Like, I don't have to try so hard. I don't have to try so hard. I just yeah. have to believe. Yeah. <clears throat> I believe in you, and that's righteousness. And the other thing, like all through the Psalms, you'll see that it says that, uh, that he is our righteousness. So we don't even have to even, you know, if you believe that, then it's even less work because, like, he stands between us and our enemy. He stands between us and our accuser. He stands between us and other people and their opinions of us. And he says, I'm your righteousness. Let me take over. I'm going to do this for you. And so we can relax a little bit and know that if we don't get it all right and we mess up, that, you know... Not that we would mess up intentionally or on purpose, but, you know, we're human and we're not all that bright. He often refers to us in scripture as sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and sheep are not that bright, right? And he's our shepherd. So when we don't do something right, we can trust that, you know, one, he's forgiving. And two, that we're still in good standing with him if we believe in him. Even in the, even in the down times, you know? Like, I believe in God. Everything's not going really well for me but I, I believe in God like it's really low it's really dark but I believe in God so he I think faithfulness is which yeah. is a different is faithfulness is you're calling on him on the lows and the highs not just when it's good mm. but you're calling on him when it's low too and that's being faithful and righteousness is believing that he's going to be there just believing in him Believing that he is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Yeah, to that point that you're kind of saying, I mean, I actually have it tattooed on me. There's a scripture that says, um, Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly you're wasting away, yet inwardly you're renewed day by day, for yeah. light mm -hmm. and momentary troubles, right. achieving us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, um, fix your eyes on, um, on him. Um, on things that are that are unseen because what's seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal yeah, yeah. second yeah. corinthians yeah yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah that's one of my favorite verses a lot of times yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's you know yeah. i i always say to my kids you tattoo something to your body the lord's going to make you live that out because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people are going to say hey what's that tattoo and you're like you share what it means to you and everything and then they're like oh wow that's very deep and you're like yeah and i've had to live it because yeah. you've just yeah, yeah you've just yeah. engraved that in your body i'm not against that i i really i'm not i'm just saying you choose something know what you're yeah. choosing because you're going to end up living it out because you've yeah. just made yourself a billboard yeah. for god when you, when you <laughs> right? mentioned the psalms i had an interesting thought like no wonder that was something that david understood about god being his righteousness because a lot a lot a lot of the prophecies about the messiah came through him in his songwriting Right. And so that's something that was constantly being revealed to him, like, like, the Messiah is the one that's going to do this for you. Yeah. He's going to do it. And, like, David, of all people, to, like, mess up so much, just like everybody else in Scripture that's messed up so much, but, like, he's able to say, like, he's my righteousness, God is my righteousness, yeah. because it's so revealed to him that, like, nothing I do 
Is yeah. Can ever make me righteous, all the good and the bad. Right. It can't make me. None of it is enough to, you know, like God. In Scripture, it says like, even our good deeds are filthy rags. To him. Right. Yeah. And so, if we just believe in what He says He's gonna do. Or even what He says about us. Yeah. 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 Right, because He says that we're. We're his beloved, that he loves us, yeah. and he says we're forgiven. Yeah. And he says, mm-hmm. you know, when we confess our sins, that we are forgiven, and he casts them far it's away. So like, so we have to so believe. The other day, I'm so, I'm so sorry to interrupt. No, it's When we were doing the DVD, right, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how it's hard to always feel like we're worthy of this amazing, abounding love, yeah. but like, yeah. we have to, like, we pray on like binding the self-doubt and like letting yeah. the love through because like that's we don't always feel like we're worth it because we're just dust and rags and even our good deeds are not you know the best and right it's just like it's just like a crazy self block yeah. that you have to overcome yeah and that's exactly that's exactly it and you can yeah. you can get stuck there Oh yeah, you get so stuck there, and And you always try to work your way out of it, and it's never going to be enough. No, because the real issue is that you just didn't have faith in what God already said. And God said you're forgiven. God God says that yeah, and that you're loved, and you're accepted. Yeah, I'll never reject you. Which is why we need the Second Corinthians verse that says, "Keep your eyes fixed, not on what is seen, but what is unseen." Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what we were saying earlier too, right? About that you can't love God. Oh, uh, who you can't love your brother who you can see. And you, if you you uh, can't yeah. love God who you cannot see. Yeah. If you can't love your brother who you can see. Yeah. You know, keep your eyes on that which is unseen. Keep your eyes on the eternal, which is which is God. And like in ourselves, and thinking about that in ourselves, keep your eyes. Like I can see how bad I am. Right? I know. I know better than anybody else. Like, because I, I know my own thoughts. I know my heart. I know where yeah. I would compromise. Like, I know me. Mm-hmm. But if I focus all on me and how bad I am at this or whatever, you know, <coughs> then I'm fixing my eyes on what is seen instead of fixing my eyes on God, mm-hmm. yeah. wow. who is my righteousness. I have to fix my eyes on what is unseen because if I'm only looking at me and my attempts then i'm it's it's too much self-focus again right you just get caught up it's another form of pride and that's how those feelings of inadequacy and things creep in because you're not looking at them yeah so every time they creep in you got to kind of like whoa focus (laughs) (laughs) eyes on the road so it's not that those things aren't real or that they're not there because they're the scene You just yeah. can't dwell on the scene stuff that, even in other people, yeah, too. Yeah. You know what you see in other people. You got to focus on the unseen, the unfinished work of what God's doing. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say because when John is in his vision in Revelation, right? He sees like in his time. I don't know how bad the bride was. Pretty bad, right? Like churches, like yeah. So, but he gets to see. The church ready. The bride made herself yeah. ready, dressed yeah. in white. In ni- Revelations nineteen six, around there. Yeah. So like coming back, like he can see like where you're gonna be. Like yeah. yeah. Like, you're like you're gonna be so perfect one day. Like you're like yeah. Yeah. He already sees. That's how he looks at you. Yeah. He and looks at the finished product. Yeah. And that's how like 
I think I guess I like want to see other people. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah same. Yep. That's good. The unfinished work. Yeah. Thank God he's not done with us, right? Yeah. Word. My aunt, my aunt wrote a book called Diamonds in the Rough. Yeah. And that was the whole topic of the book. About he's just gonna shape you from yeah. whatever cruddy coal you might feel like you are into this diamond yeah. for him. He's working on it. Working, working on, on chipping it. away. Even more than a diamond, like Todd White says, like the cross isn't just like revealing your sin, but your value. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. What he's willing to do because of his love for you. Yeah. What's your worth to him? What he says. Thanks for listening to the Couch Worship Podcast. Check in next week for another episode, and don't forget to tell us all about what God is doing in your community as well.